Welcome to Patch Notes. I am Trevor Strunk, and I have finally been able to tear John away from the uh, wide, wide world of uh, tabletop RPGs. Um, John in those is an elf. Yes. Um, yes, obviously. That's my class. Uh, we, we play old school D&D. Uh, yeah. You only play uh, first edition, right? Fighter, wizard, elf. Those are classes. Oh, cool. <laughs> Not even rogue. Yeah. Um, well, welcome. Welcome back, John. I'm happy to have you here. Uh how are you? What's what's new? I'm all right. Um, we are in the last week before the Iowa caucuses and the American election, and that is sort of dominating everything on the old Twitter right now. You gotta love how after the caucuses, you just get a lot of video game news. That's always the way, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good. Um, I'm sure you're being truthful. Um, so uh, we don't have a lot to say outside of the caucuses. Obviously, I think we support the same candidate, and that candidate is doing fairly well. Uh, I, I'm talking, of course, about Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> um, our favorite guy, favorite little guy, favorite dog murderer. You think? Did he kill dogs? Is that no, his thing it's, now? It's a. Well, I mean, he, he just looks like a sociopath and acts like a sociopath. So the joke is that you know, whenever he get, whenever something that he doesn't like happens, which is this entire primary so far. Um, you know, he smiles, then he leaves the room and kills a stray dog. I buy it. Yeah. I know he raises bread prices. Yeah, he, he, no, he, he consulted for a company that raised bread prices. <laughs> well, he did it himself. He got his hands dirty. That shows he's a leader. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, totally Team Pete. I am not being ironic. Uh, Parody, uh, satire. <laughs> um. So, I mean, there are a couple of things that are happening. Um, some, uh, you know, like as has been the case in a lot of these, um, in a lot of these episodes recently, um, the uh, the news is basically about like updates on uh, games that we're excited shit. about. <laughs> yeah, like, like delays and uh... yeah, the 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 bits about like you know what new game has a trailer. Um, who's talking about games, who is famous, um, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, it's, it's not uninteresting. And, you know, people love to hear us riff on non-news, I'm sure. Yeah. So, we, we do have a gaming t- uh, tie-in for politics this week. Yeah, so uh, why don't we start with that? Because yeah. uh, <laughs> it's very, very exciting. Um, I have, I also have a, a theory on the on the mystery. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll introduce the mystery, and then we'll, we'll share our theories. Yeah. Um, so the mystery, I don't... Neither of us are Joe Biden voters. I think it's pretty safe to say. Uh, so, you know, I, I that is safe to say. I, I, won't, say I won't do a bit on this one. We're yeah. in. It's pretty easy to guess, I think. But we're not <laughs> Joe Biden voters. So this was actually the first piece of information that you know I, I saw in this primary that made me think. You know, maybe Joe's not an old piece of shit after all. Um, <laughs> the first thing that he said that was relatable to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the quote. Uh, this is Joe Biden. He's talking. He was talking to the editorial board of the New York Times, those loom, leading luminary nightlights who uh, somehow failed to endorse only one person. <laughs> Listen, it, it's tough. Two endorsements, uh, and, and you know one of them has like four percent. So yeah. it's very important. In fact, yeah, I know it, it managed to hurt both candidates. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, actually, I guess I guess Clo- uh, uh, Clo- Mentum is uh, the Clobu charge. 
has yeah, begun. the Klobu charge is happening. Uh, and um, then it came out that she uh, may have railroaded a black teen. Oh, is that hurting her campaign? Or I, I mean, assume that'll it, help her in Iowa. I mean, it'll probably get some Pete Buttigieg voters. <laughs> um, Anyhow. Yeah, no, so so Joe was uh, talking to the Times editorial board, and they asked him about, um, so he was meeting with uh, some Silicon Valley board on, like, electronic games freedom or something, uh, and uh, and here's his quote, and you may recall the criticism I got from meeting with the leaders in Silicon Valley when I was trying to work out an, agree- an agreement dealing with them protecting intellectual property for artists in the United States of America. And at one point, one of the little creeps sitting around that table who was a multi, close to a billionaire, who told me he was an artist because he was able to come up with games to teach you how to kill people. You know the, and then here, uh, Charlie Wars all the time, opinion writer breaks in and says, like, video games. And Biden continues, yeah, video games. And I was lectured by one of the senior leaders that were there that by saying, fine, since I want to lay in, he goes on. Uh, nothing really says, says nothing really interesting. After exciting, that. exciting <laughs> visions into the mind of yeah. a rapidly, uh, dying man well at that point i assume when he was meeting with those video game leaders his he was much his brain was working you think yeah yeah probably uh anyway so he so we've sort of been wondering who the little creep could be um (laughs) that is the big mystery so like it's not so surprising that joe biden thinks video game developers are little creeps um and it's not even you can't even really say that he's wrong a lot of them are uh friends that we have on the show here are not but there are some creeps I mean, yep. there's some weirdo creeps. Uh, anyone who's sitting on games. a Silicon Valley board about, you know, intellectual property rights in, I guess, it was like 2009 or whatever it was. Sure, I'm willing to bet they're creep. High level of creep possibility there. Sure, you're of talking about like probably AAA studio executives. That's that sort of of level. Also, of apparently, person. according to the Kotaku article we're pulling from, um, apparently Zynga was there. So, mm. you know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, what, I immediately thought it was uh, one of the uh, Hauser brothers, I believe. Oh, was, okay. Uh, from Rockstar. Yeah, I could see that. I thought it was Cliff Blazinski. <laughs> I really, really Cliffy think B. it was Cliff. I think it was Cliffy B. Uh, yeah, the Kentucky article actually, like, names the names of the people it could be. And they're not Lame. That interesting. No one's all that interested in who it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> we, want, we want to imagine who it could be. Uh, That's the whole the, point. Yeah, Kotaku's take was uh, they think it was probably Michael Gallagher, uh, head of the Entertainment Software Association. Um, Seriously? Yeah, that that just doesn't sound right. That I don't like, think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the thing is, do we trust Joe Biden's memory, especially this Joe Biden's memory? Like, uh, could, like he could have been he could have been describing the wrong conference. He could have been conflating a couple conferences. I find it really, really surprising that people would think it's someone from the ESRB because, like, that strikes me as the kind of thing that they would be like, they would be upset about, like, you know, these people are making murder simulators or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, it would surprise me if they were bragging about making their own murder simulators. Yeah, I mean, the the article also points out that it could be uh, John Riccello, the then CEO of Electronic Arts. Which oh well, that a that, more that would make a lot of sense, yeah. No, but it only makes sense if Biden conflated two different meetings, one from 2009 and one from 2012. I mean, even if you're not uh, struggling with senility, um, I imagine that you could yeah. conflate two meetings from 2009 and 2012. I Especially could. Especially on this subject, like Joe Biden doesn't give a shit about this stuff. 
No, I don't. I mean, hell, I don't really give a shit about this stuff, and I'm not even being asked to go and and you know talk to the the heads of various companies about uh, you know video game rating shit. I think the real question here is why did he bring it up in the first place? Like, what is where I don't I don't even remotely understand why that would be something that would like help him in any way. Like, it just seems it seems like a, a losing losing move, honestly. Yeah, he's trying to give an example of how he stuck it to bis- or told truth to business leaders. Oh, it's all kind of confusing. Um, but that yeah, no, really Joe Biden hates gamers. Yeah. That's what I'm taking away from this, uh, and that is his one good stance. Fuck and he, yeah, gamers. he's right to do so. Yes, and I, su- uh, I support him wholeheartedly in calling yeah, them creeps. <laughs> Those little creeps and all their money. Um, be sure to ta- be sure to uh, message us on Twitter about who you think the uh, mystery exec was. Yeah. Um, Points for creativity. Uh, no points for believability. None. Uh, so speaking of creativity over believability, uh, we have two games that have uh, released trailers this week. One that seems exciting and one that seems uh, um, less than exciting. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know which one you want to do first. Um, I, I'm not sure what the less exciting one is, so let's go with that. Come on. Uh, it's, it's the Kingdom Hearts DLC. Right. We oh, have a no, look that's at out. King- that's out. Oh, that's actually out. Yeah. We just saw some foot. Completely Please released. understand, I am not particularly up on Kingdom Hearts. I, um, although I'm not a, I'm not a Kingdom Hearts hater. I, um, I am also, I, I, I am the the truest kind of Kingdom Hearts hater who is someone who was suckered into the first two games. Okay, <laughs> but the uh, so one of the reasons that I I think this game looks really uh, unenjoyable is because of what my my good friend uh, David Sherman. Uh, who uh, was uh, at one point uh, tweeting for the good fight? Um, just a, a very an all around good guy, um, and a big time gamer. Uh, played all of Kingdom Hearts three and said, "Oh, you, I think I'm gonna get suckered into playing the DLC." Mm-hmm. Then he told me he's like, "Oh, it's like thirty minutes of gameplay and a three hour movie." It's it's, it's like, absolutely it's, not. It is the asset reuse king is what that is. Uh, that sucks. Um, I watched some of the footage of the beginning. Uh, if you get the chance to watch the beginning of the, of the uh, DLC uh, and you haven't played Kingdom Hearts 3, which I haven't, uh, I, I sort of – I went in a little bit spoiled because I, I've watched some of Kingdom Hearts 3. I know vaguely what happens in that game. Uh, so I didn't get Don't the full insane – Don't spoil Kingdom Hearts 3 for the audience, I didn't get John. the full insane experience, which is booting up uh, the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC and you know hitting go to go into the world – into the DLC and then just getting th- – like. 20 minutes of a cutscene of a bunch of like anime characters that you don't know from Final Fantasy 7 or from Disney standing on a field wearing either like black jumpsuits um or you know seemingly palette swap versions of like just their each other's outfits um and they're standing like this featureless like mesa basically this just orange that's a good way of describing expanse. it yeah. um Yell, saying in comp, first first two characters are in the Hercules world because Disney sort of treats this. They sort of treat the Disney characters less as characters and more as like theme parks. Yeah, um, no, and I mean as they should. That's yeah. kind of the way this game works at its best. Disney isn't going to let them do more with it, really. I mean, why would like, they? I you mean... know, they're not going to let Hercules secretly be evil or something. Well, yeah, they're yeah. not going to they're not going to let SquareSoft dictate or SquareSoft. They're going to let Square Enix dictate um, uh, canon for Disney properties. Like, 
yeah. that, that would be so truly you, baffling. You know, I can sort of understand why there's so little of that in there. The Final Fantasy stuff, less so. I mean, Square owns those characters. If they wanted to use those characters, they could. They could. But instead, they could sell video got, games with it. <laughs> yeah, instead we've got all these OC original characters from uh, Tetsuya Nomura, the the designer, and he's just doing this incomprehensible and incompetent shonen anime sort of with them, with, like, you know, yelling at, at each other about feelings and then shooting laser beams um, and using keys as swords. And, and this is another thing that's always bugged me, and it's bugged everyone. I know this complaint's been made, and I know why it, they do it this way, but when you open a chest, a locked chest with a key in Kingdom Hearts, he doesn't actually put the key in and turn it. He just taps the chest on, on the top with the key. And I know why they don't do animate it that way, because it's a lot of work to animate a key yes. going into a lock. But it's still stupid. If you're gonna if you're gonna put your series around the idea of a guy wielding a key as a sword, when he opens a chest, you should have to put in the work to make him use it as a key to unlock it. John's getting worked up. I've about, had uh, I, I have so many strong Kingdom Hearts key stories. use in uh, Kingdom anyway, Hearts. Anyway, you, you really should watch this DLC's uh, first cutscenes because it'll just be twenty minutes of incomprehensible shit. Then a cutscene one, you'll think, finally, I'm gonna get to play the game. And then another cutscene starts with the title card 75 years later. <laughs> it's like, what? The, the classic. The classic, the classic shift. And yes. of course, no one's aged. Everyone's still the same age. They didn't, you know, no, I guess one character, one character got older, visibly older. Um, but Sora, you know, Sora, your main characters, they're all still the same age. Maybe the previous scene happened in a flashback. It's, it's very difficult to say. Well, there's always the thing where 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 it's um, where it's uh, uh, oh boy, uh, where he says like, "Why are you using Sora's name?" You get that whole Zach Cloud moment. That's yeah. always fun. Well, like everyone's got like their own copy that doesn't have a heart, and you yes, know we're not, even, we're not even getting into into that bunch of nonsense right now. But really, sure. all the all the DLC looks like is it's a bunch of time travel. Of you going back and fighting like remixed boss fights, you know, as I said, complete king level asset reuse um, here. Like literally, most yep. of the cutscenes are cutscenes they'd already made that Sora is like force ghosted into. Like <laughs> even if he was already there once before, like Sora shows up as a force ghost to like I I don't know fight a boss that's hiding in the scene. Huh. Um. That sounds weird. Yeah, and then of course the like, this is all, and this is spoiler territory actually. So we should we should. There are people who care about Kingdom Hearts, I guess three. Well, but there are people who care about Kingdom Hearts. But I mean, I I would feel really upset if this were the if this were what I got. Yeah, right? but like, it, it, all right, if if you've gotten to the point where you didn't stop after the like all those really indulgent GBA games and uh, like side story games with all those ridiculous names. Uh, and if you played all of Kingdom Hearts 3, like, obviously my brain works differently than yours does, and the, and you enjoy this stuff. And so presumably this would be enjoyable to you, to watch, you know, 30 minutes. I mean, I, hell, people watch, metal, people like Metal Gear. Um, you like Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah, and... I And, hey, I can't judge you if you think that, you know, if this is the enjoyable cartoon bullshit you like as opposed to the enjoyable cartoon bullshit I like. Of course, but at the end of the game, you fight 
Noctis from Final Fantasy 15, except it's not Noctis. It's, it's like, his heartless it's a, version? It's, it's a knockoff, quote unquote, like, sort of parody version that you saw in the Toy Story world at the start of the game, because Nomura is still mad uh-huh. he didn't get to make Final Fantasy 13 Versus, which is the product that eventually became Final Fantasy 15 with Noctis. It's baffling. I don't... I, you know, but it's, it does explain explains a video that I saw a long time ago uh, I mean, that was making way, fun of all of this. Yeah, in a way, it's admirable because it's like a guy just got to make all the fan fiction he wanted <laughs> with a massive budget, and that's what this feels like. If like, especially the part where the OCs creepingly, uh, uh, gradually creep in and overwhelm the story, really feels like you know a fan fiction writer finally you know finding their legs and figuring out what it is they really want to be writing about. And it's not actually, you know, the you know, Disney world. The whole thing they worked up towards. Yeah. yeah it, it, well, it's not even, like, the setting they started with. The setting they used is, like, their builder, their their training wheels setting for their for their original characters. So, you know, in a way, it's sort of like watching a 300-chapter, you know, here are all of – here's all of my fan fiction along with my, you know, self-inserts <laughs> all interacting together. It's, it's sort of like watching that – just with a massive advertising budget and no cease and desists. See, I'd be really mad about that if I was a if I was a Kingdom Hearts fan. Like, it feels like he's basically saying, like, yeah, you know, this Kingdom Hearts stuff that we did was fun and all, whatever. I'm just, I'm not all that interested in it anymore. I, I hope you won't mind, but I, I'm going to do this weird thing. Frankly, I feel like the Kingdom Hearts fans are with him. They, they love really? the, sag- the saga of Sora and Kyrie right. and Roxas and... The completely unintelligible cosmology of, uh, um, you know, Xena Hurt or whatever the hell his name is. Um, all the Heartless have X's in their names. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, that that's the stuff they like. Fine. Uh, it, it I, fine. Yep, sure. Okay. Well, no, I mean, you, I, I will say this. I, I know that you went kind of negative on, on, on this DLC, but I will say this. I I have learned from what you were saying that there are people who will not be disappointed in this DLC, and yeah. I know why. And, like, it, I wasn't thinking they would be disappointed simply because it was a Kingdom Hearts thing. Um, but I did think they'd be disappointed because it wasn't, like, a game. Uh, it was mostly just, like, a It's a boss. A short it's like a movie. boss rush is what the gameplay looks like. Like, super hard bosses... Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I didn't really like how the gameplay in Kingdom Hearts evolved. There's a lot mm-hmm. more flying around now. I sort of liked it back in Kingdom Hearts one and two when it was a lot more ground based. Um, okay. But hey, I, you know, you do have to increase power level over the course of the series, and flying around now is makes sense at least now that Sora's like this demigod. Sure. Um, but the cha- the combat does look very challenging. Like. uh you start out with your fully leveled character, basically, from the main game. Obviously, you have to import your, your save. Um, well, it's DLC, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they throw you right into it. Um, lots of sort of like bullet hell type stuff. Lots that of sounds great. Big attack patterns to dodge. Lots of uh, seeing mirrors of characters, like sta- giant stained glass windows of characters. Um before boss fights, that's like that's and like. Stop trying to stop trying to sell me on this, man. Yeah. It's like I'm I'm into it now. Yeah, I really like the. No, I still really like the stained glass mirror stuff that they do with that. Uh, I'm gonna end stuff. up. I'm gonna end up playing all of Kingdom Hearts. Oh like, yeah, every single game just to play the DLC that I said was sounded disappointing. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, well, no. I mean, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad people are getting what they want. Then mm-hmm. that's that's good. This is what counts like as news right now. 
Um, but well, there's a, there's something I want coming out. Yep. You know what that is? Is it Doom Eternal? It is Doom Eternal. I'm so excited. Um, when is that launching? When when is that releasing? Is that March? March? I March, March. 20th? Um, well, let's see. So does it say in... I don't it think is it does. March 20th. Um, okay, March 20th. Um, 3-2020. I, I have a feeling a lot of things are going to get released on the 20th of the year, of the month this year. Why do you think? Um, not sure. Just random. Chosen at random. Wouldn't have anything to do um, with the year being 2020. Ah, uh, yeah, 3 2020. Uh, they should release it on twenty twenty twenty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you you do realize, Mark, like all of April is just going to be obnoxious this year. Just an yeah, entire 420, month buddy. of four twenty. Hope you're ready to talk about the weed number. The weed number. Um. So yeah, Doom uh, Eternal. Um. Looks great. Yeah, I am sites big are, time Doom fan. Love it. Sites are now allowed to post. I think it's like fifteen minutes of footage, um, curated from an event they did with ID software so giant bomb has their own 15 minutes polygon has their own 15 minutes so on and so forth uh, and you know you can get a pretty decent idea of what's going on in that game by just you know seeing what the different footage everyone shows i mean it doesn't look like it doesn't look totally different from doom 2016 it doesn't look no. like it's like wildly no it, in fact the changed. biggest change is something i just lauded kingdom hearts 3 for kind of which is that now you know being in the air and air dashing and flying sort of a thing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The Doom guy can uh, now air dash. Oh. Um, and, Makes you know, sense, well, I guess. It's, I... it's first-person platforming. So there's a well, limit they have to re- how much if of that anyone's gonna be, <laughs> If anyone's going to be able to pull off movement like that, though, it's it. Yeah. Like, I know that, I know that, like, there's a lot of, like, funny things to be said about the way the original Doom kind of runs or feels or whatever. Like, it can feel kind of chunky, but ultimately that is like that is one of the best feeling um and uh, one of the best feeling uh first person shooters of all time i think yeah and like just the way it understands space yep um is really good and so like i don't know i could see if, if anyone's going to be able to understand space enough to make this work it would be uh it would be the people who brought us doom 2016 which just built on the original doom so well yeah i mean that's the only reason i'm not writing it off like if you told me I mean, I've played a lot of Destiny, um, and Destiny is basically the other major first-person shooter out there that has significant platforming elements in it. Yeah. Uh, and I think all of that is garbage. I think the platforming in Destiny feels bad. Um, I feel like I understand why it's there, uh, for both for padding and to create different gameplay challenges. Uh, I just don't like sure. it. Sure. <laughs> I mean that's perfectly reasonable. I yeah. think um, it's. Uh, but if yeah, it's if, not. Yeah. If I had another, no, it's, it's not fun. No, yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah, if I had another concern about this game, it's uh, that I have a fear that the lore will become too like. I don't want to say self self serious. I guess is is what I mean to say. I mean their whole thing is sort of making it a joke by taking it so seriously. Well, yeah, and I mean, that's what the Polygon piece kind of says, where it's like, if you thought that Doom 2016 was fun and not too serious, then you're really going to like this, because it's, like, even less serious. Yeah, I I just, you know, I just, it was good in 2016 that they hid all of the actual, like, earnest lore in the codex, where I could just ignore it. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I read them. I liked it. And I'm just hoping they do. They repeat that in this game, so I can just continue to ignore it. Uh, so far, it seems like they're doing a good job with this, uh, like Fortress of Doom or whatever. This this DC Watchtower ass uh, satellite that's already around the Earth and is a giant oh, yeah. castle. Yeah, really excited. Really uh, you, apparently, you are now the Doom guy canonically, like the 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 public announce person in the castle will refer to you as the Doom guy. Yes. Um, and sort of refer and they sort of talk about you like you're some sort of force of nature that can't really be bargained with or reasoned with. Just, you know, you should just get out of his way. And well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, completely what, true. that's what it kind of feels yeah. like in the beginning. Yeah. Like the character cannot does not talk. Um, he just sort of goes from place to place, grabbing things and shooting things um, with, you know, someone inscrutable motives because real people don't behave like FPS protagonists. Uh, right. So yeah. Sure. So it's good to see the game acknowledging that to a degree. Um, I just hope they don't go too over the top in terms of, I guess, the villains and the lore there. Um, You're hoping it's more like. I mean, I saw the Sam Raimi uh, comments in the Polygon piece, and like, I think you're just hoping it's more Evil Dead Two as opposed to Army of Darkness. Yeah, then, I think that makes sense. What you're telling. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, no, I think it's 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 the first it's the only game so far and like there's a couple that I I'm, I'm sort of coming around on like I I think I want to play Temtem stuff like that but like this is the first game that's really like appointment viewing for me. Yeah. I think I'll uh, that's not true. Kentucky Route 0 just came out, but yeah. um the 5th act, but that feels a little different since it's been sort of something that's been happening for a while. Kentucky um, Route 0 has been coming out and has been in some stage of coming out for like Almost 10 years, right? And now it has, yeah. all the way. Um, that's the real big news, but, I mean, other than it's out and you should go play it, uh, there's not much. It's on consoles. But, the, um, but yeah, Doom, Doom Eternal is definitely my first uh, appointment viewing for, like, uh, a new game. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else we got? We got, um, oh, boy. You want to talk about the Overwatch League? <laughs> I mean, uh, and and where it's going to be airing? Yeah. Um, to the extent that this is interesting, it's mainly interesting when it comes to uh, the fact about like Amazon these these two media giants, you know, drawing battle lines between each other between yeah. um, Google, YouTube, and Amazon Twitch, basically. Sure. Yeah. Um, Not particularly exciting, but exciting in a way. Uh, yeah, I am. That's YouTube and Twitch as proxies for their current corporate owners are going to be the battlefield where a lot of this media distro deal stuff is fought in the future, um, mm-hmm. especially as TV continues to change into streaming and streaming continues to change into cable television. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it speaks to like one of the. Um, it speaks to one of the reasons that I just can't get that into esports and like it's not for lack of trying it's not for lack of enjoying the the work that is put into it i think like the competition and like the level of play and stuff is fascinating and i'm not saying like i can't get into this because they're not real competitors or whatever but like it truly is to me like the the weird thing about it is inevitably most of the drama ends up being like about this high finance stuff about who's going to get the rights to broadcast this and who's going to make a lot of money on it and stuff it's just like ugh. All right. <laughs> what currently existing media empires are going to invest in and pillage this? Yeah, exactly. Like it's just there's nothing particularly interesting about that to me. Yeah. Um, 
And, I mean, this isn't going to... I find it hard to think about how this stuff is going to change moving forward. Because it's... it's uh-huh. These companies want to replicate the way they own things now onto this new space. That's sort of how capitalism works. We don't actually get the wild, wild, brand new world of the internet. We just get what we had before just moved over into the digital space. And yeah, we're seeing sure. that with, I mean, we, everyone who's following how streaming stuff is working now is well aware that we're like five years at most away from bundled streaming services, which is just cable again. <laughs> like, bundled oh, yeah. together and I mean, a bunch that of was... channels. That was always going to be the case. Yeah. I mean, it was never going to be like, oh, you know, we finally, we finally cut the cord. Cutting the cord was a was a short term thing until they figured out a way to yeah. uh, get us back paying a lot of money to telecoms. Yeah, and yeah, I, and I don't see this really changing because right now you don't pay directly point of service to watch a lot of this stuff. Uh, you pay your provider. Uh, right. Better, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So changing to YouTube and Twitch is mostly just a, an argument in the realms of like advertiser stuff. Yeah. No. It's not like YouTube and Twitch thrive on advertising. YouTube and Twitch are their own sort of giants. But ultimately, you're talking about like you can look at something like Amazon, and Amazon is not. It's bigger than, but it's not the same as like paying your cable company. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a content provider in a in a kind of like. I don't know, in a kind of classic sense, and, and so are Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, like, I I mean, the, they're not going to change as objects as a result, I don't yeah. think. And especially since they have Amazon Web Services powering the entire internet at this point. Yep, um, yeah. But yeah, I don't really see the, how... Uh, it's an interesting change just in the sense of how that war between Google and uh, Amazon is being you know, prosecuted and how Microsoft and Mixer just are completely not part of that conversation at all. No. Uh, Mixer is, as I think it's called Mixer. That's the Microsoft. That's the, yeah, yeah that's the other thing. Yeah. That's a, a bummer. It's uh, not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I guess that's, uh, we are, we have so little uh, news to talk about that the distro deals uh, have now made their appearance on this show. Um, but finally, we have for the last thing we have this week is uh, an update from the legal world. Yay! <laughs> um, it turns out that the uh, United States federal court has confirmed that being in a, muted in a video game does not violate your civil rights. My apologies, gamers. It seems like it seems like that was going to be a, a slam dunk. Yeah, um, you know, you sort of got the feeling this that he might not have been. On, on great legal ground when uh, the note here is that most of his initial filing was handwritten. Um, now, who said this again? Tell, uh, tell us the details of this case. So, again. all right. So, um, RuneScape. Mm-hmm. If you remember that game. <laughs> sure, Runes- who doesn't? RuneScape had, had a streamer, um, and apparently that streamer was behaving so badly that... The developer muted him so that he could no longer communicate with other players within the game. Wow. Um, you have to be behaving very badly to get muted in RuneScape like that, I would think. Yeah. Um, so he sued, believe, saying this was a, uh, a violation 
uh, under the First Amendment and I believe the Fourth Amendment of due process and uh, oh, wow, okay. civil rights. Um, Clever. <laughs> and uh, he was rejected and the on the 13th <laughs> Amendment and the 21st, all the ones we like. Yeah. He was rejected flatly on all constitutional grounds because it's ridiculous. Uh, not yeah, sure. least because uh, a private in, under U.S. law, a private company can do whatever they wish to you, basically, on their servers in their property. Like you, you don't actually have free speech to go into someone's house and yell at them. Like, yeah, no, that is not actually. Especially if yeah, especially if the house is like a corporation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, you're, you're just paying. But yeah, exactly. Uh, so and then he appealed, and that got tossed. And now he, uh, the Supreme Court is likely going to decline to hear this. Uh, if I had to say, the Supreme Court will likely de- no. deny, deny a, uh, the cert petition to, uh, to, to hear this case in front of the highest law in the land. Um, well, this is terrible. Yeah. So, um, good, so sorry, gamers. Um, if you say stupid shit or you say that communism is great and will win and the mods don't like that and they ban you from a game... Um, or just mute you from being able to communicate in the game, but it still allow you to play it as you know as you wish. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to sue. Uh, you will not win that court case. Just a public I mean, service announcement. Ultimately, yeah, uh, I think I think almost anyone, unless they were just like going totally crazy on a uh, on like a weirdo right wing screed, would probably know this. I feel like the 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 various leftists who would say that probably understand that that's not a space where you can count on your free speech working. Yeah. Um, this but. guy is apparently one of those lawsuit people, though. Like, this was one of ten suits that he filed that year. Wow, did he win any? I don't believe he did. Um, well, so I mean, good for I, him, I guess. I suspect He's... the Eastern District Court will be hearing from him again in the future <laughs> on this and other matters. He's like that guy who tried to get the uh, dollar toothbrush at Target. It's like a serial annoyance. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you been playing this week? Uh, well, so I've been playing, and I've been thinking about talking about this on the podcast, too, uh, in, in more depth. But I've been finishing up Blasphemous, um, which, like every Metroidvania I've ever played, um, uh, I get way too into. And then the last... Uh, let's say 10% of the completion, because I always have to get to 100% completion, mm-hmm. is uh, in, in those games. In no other games do I feel that way, but in those games, always. Um, it's not fun, and usually it's just me looking at a walkthrough and finding out where the little doodads I didn't get are located because I don't want to go through the whole map again with my new upgrades to find them. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. I liked the game a lot. I thought the ending was neat. Um, I thought it was really fun. Uh, I didn't think it was as hard as everyone else, but I did think it was appropriately hard. And, uh, yeah, I'd definitely go play it. But uh, don't be like me and trying to 100% it. It's not – the lore's good and the writing's neat, uh, but you can find that all online and just read it. Like, you don't have to – you don't have to spend the time. It didn't – I didn't get that far into it. Or as far, I didn't get as far as you did into it. But it didn't feel like it was going to be a game like Bloodstained where I finally get all of those mobility options that make me just zip through the game. Yeah, at you know forty times the speed I was moving when I started. It's a pretty quick game to begin with. I don't think like there's there's some fast travel, but other than that, like you never really like it. It moves fast enough that they never give you like hyper speed or anything like that. There's like some double jump vari- variants and stuff like that, like with uh, hidden platforms and stuff. But yeah. uh, but no, it's good. You should definitely play it. It's cheap. Um, 
and it's it's fun. It's like I hundred percented it, and it took me under twenty hours. So you know, if you're in the mood for kind of a short game, uh, it's good for that too. Uh, John, what have you been playing? I have been fooling around with Slay the Spire. Oh, uh, that's a fun game. It is. Uh, it's consuming hours of my life now. Have you uh, played it before? I've watched streams of it before. Um, okay. Really, like, extremely high-level play, like level 25 Ascension Room play, to the point where they're basically playing a different game than I am. <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's a... it's a. I mean, I, I got to... I've beaten the game with all the three base... I haven't played with any of the new characters. I guess there's a new yeah, one. Yeah, the Warden. There's four now? There's a new one. Yeah, I've played with three, um, so that was where I picked up the the um, art. I, for, I forget the the defect wasn't wasn't in the first. Um, anyway, uh, I, I think there was yeah the ironclad, the silent, the defects, and the warden. I want to say they are. Something yeah like the 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 defect wasn't in the first version of it. I think it was just the silent and the. Right. Yeah, and um, it's one of those games that's been early access for two years, and it's been basically yeah, 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 yeah. But I've beaten it with the with the three main classes, and I've beaten the first ascension with I think two of them, and I can't really get better than that. And yeah. I've played a lot of it. It's very, very good. It's very, very hard. Yep. And you know, it's one of those games where uh, I had a I had a streamer I watched a lot of who um, mostly played like XCOM stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't Beagle Rush. It was a different guy. Um, okay. and now he's just a full-time Slay the Spire, uh, streamer. And it's, oh, really? we're talking, and he has put thousands of hours into this game and huh. still just, and it, 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 he's gotten, it's gotten him more traffic than, uh, than, um, XCOP member did. Uh, there's a, there's a huge community for that game. It's a fascinating game. It's yeah. like, it, it is a... It's a really, really smart game. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's most of the game isn't even played like in an individual fight. Like a, a the huge the the meat of the game is like is deck building game theory decisions. Uh, what and that's what I'm bad at. Like, I just keep, keep getting. Yeah. yeah, I keep just picking up all the cards. Yeah, I'm you, like, you Ooh, need cards. To, <laughs> you need to know when to skip picking up a card. You need, you to, need know to know when to, to get rid, get of, rid cards. of cards. Um, yeah. And training yourself to do that is important to being able to do, like, anything in the game. Like, you need to go into it thinking, all right, looking at this deck, looking at these five attacks and five blocks, I need to get X number of these cards out of this deck before I hit, you know, Act uh, Act 3. Yep. Um, and if I don't do that, I'm going to lose. Uh, and, you know, and obviously it's it's down to the dice, you know, the chance, the RNG, what There's a lot of RNG, yes. You get. Uh, along the way in your path up the tower, up the spire. Um, but the way that you guarantee yourself a, winning, a a good shot at a winning run is learning, you know, not just what the character's various decks do and what the various builds can be, but, you know, like, there there are cards that you'll get that, that you absolutely need in your deck, that you should have in your deck and need to have in your deck by you know, act three, or you'll lose the game. That your run will end if yeah. you do not have this card by act three. But if you yeah, get and... this card in act one, you'll lose the game. <laughs> because the card will be useless until you have a deck that can support it up in act right. three. And if you take it now, all it does is, is it's, it's just a, it's a dead weight, weight that you keep drawing. And you can't and, have a yeah. dead weight, right. Yeah. So you need to know, like, sometimes the card that you want, the card that you know you'll need, will come up 
in like the third fight as a, as a reward for the third fight, and you have to have the discipline to say, nope, I will take this card that is that I, instead that I know is going to be shuffled out of this deck midway through Act 2 instead of the card. But I need it more yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that sort of relationship uh, and strategy is, is really fascinating. Yeah, it's something I'm not good at. <laughs> Neither am I. I, I, am, I still have not beaten it with the defect. Um, the defect, he, defect's really fun to beat it with once you... Like, once you get a good deck with, with like, the, the... The defect's the robot, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, wizard, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get a good deck going with them and, like, you have, like, perpetual damage or perpetual shields, um, basically the two things you can pick from... Um, ice and dark are my favorite things to build with without character. And like once you actually get a deck working with it that like just keeps working, it's yeah. so gratifying. Right now, my favorite deck is the comp- extremely normy uh, silent poison deck. Oh, it's a great deck. I love that deck. Yeah. yeah, that's a really fun one. Um, that was the silent was the first person I beat the game with, and it was using that deck. Yeah, for sure. It's it is. I, I want to say I, I've talked to a, a couple people. We've played this game, and it is like everybody's favorite first five hours of this game deck. Um, oh yes, yeah, it's just, for sure. It is. It you know, it, it mostly it plays itself after a certain point, um, and it also teaches you basic card interactions. It teaches you uh, how to block or the importance of blocking, and oh yeah, you know the relationship your deck hat should have with the block mechanic. Like, uh, I, I want to say, uh, did, is, did you do this the first time? Because I did this first time, and a couple other people I talked to abandoned or got killed as an ironclad, stopped playing ironclad, because immediately, uh, once your first run with the ironclad ends, you unlock the, uh, the, the silent. So then started playing silent, and then, you know, beat it with silent, and now taking what I learned, I can now go back to ironclad, and presumably I'll be able to, you know, actually do shit properly this time. I actually struggled through with the Ironclad and beat it the first time with them. Mm. And that was helpful for me because it taught me how to, as you say, it taught me how to block. It taught me the importance of, like, you know, looking at the damage you were getting and not trying for the most damage, but trying for, like, you know, making sure you don't take any. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the Ironclad's, like, built-in uh, relic is one that heals you six points after every battle. So that kind of where you can have, like, a, a goal and be like, I can get hurt no less than six, or no more than six this round. It's That's funny super, it, That was a good way of helping me learn. It, it, immediately thinking about it, like, immediately look at it, I mean, uh, you'd think off the, like, just, you know, if you're not, if you don't play card games, you don't understand how action mm-hmm. economy works. Yeah. Um, you'd think that healing six points after every battle is stronger than starting the first turn with three extra cards, which is the silence, um, ability uh, which is a great ability it, it, the silence ability is far more powerful than just healing six points after every battle like being able to start each uh every, each turn with three more cards which means you have the chance to draw your noxious fumes on three more chances to draw your noxious fumes on turn one to to lead with it that is just so powerful yep. um no it is the ironclad's a, a super helpful intro guy yeah like you learn how the game works but the silent is a better a better character to use and i think ultimately the defect might even be the best but yeah um uh, i haven't but i haven't played the fourth so who knows yep all right 
All right. Well, you got to get going. I got to get going, and uh, there's no more news. Right. John, thanks for being here. I'll see you thanks next week. Thanks for having me. Um, we will be back next week. We're going to try to do these weekly and normally again and hope our health and sanity uh, cooperate. God knows they always do. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon, man. Talk to you soon.